Well, I am rested and relaxed. I just got back from vacation. And Father Stephen and I had a chance to talk about our respective vacations because he, as you know, just returned a week or so ago. We were talking about the difference between the priest's vacation and the deacon's vacation. Now, Father Stephen, for the priest's vacation, went away to the mountains, the peace and serenity and beauty of nature, with a brother priest, had lots of time for rest and reflection. The deacon's vacation, on the other hand, uh, was being cooped up in a cabin in the Northwoods with six grandchildren, dealing with temper tantrums, willful behavior, and timeouts. Those were my issues. The kids were actually very, very good. Uh, but it's great to be back. It's great to be back. Well, today in our gospel, we have two lessons in discipleship based on Jesus' encounter with this Canaanite woman. And the first is about humility, and the second is about praying with expectant faith. And I'd like to talk about both of those things this afternoon. Well, the first thing, humility. As we listen to this gospel story unfold, we see this Canaanite woman approaching Jesus in great need. Her daughter is possessed by a demon, and she needs to have someone help her. And so she asks Jesus to have pity on her, to look upon this problem she's having. She does Jesus homage and acknowledges him as Lord. She knows who she is, and she knows who Jesus is. And she's persistent in her prayer. She's open to receive the healing that only Jesus can give her. And the second lesson today is about praying with expectant faith, our call to always pray with expectant faith. The Canaanite woman knows Jesus alone can heal her daughter's affliction. She doesn't get discouraged when the disciples want to kind of push her away and kind of have this attitude towards her. She persists in her prayer. And she continues to pursue her quest, her request right down to having this discussion with Jesus right at the end of the passage, where Jesus makes this comment about uh, you know, the food being thrown to the food for the children being thrown to the dogs. And she says those beautiful words to him, Lord, even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from their master's table. A very beautiful and expectant faith that she has. Well, I'd like to spend a little bit of time this afternoon talking about both of these issues in a little bit more detail. I'd like to start by talking about humility. You know, we talk about this a lot. This is a common theme in our preaching, and it's because it's one of those things that each of us needs to grow in in our lives. And there are at least three ways that we grow in humility. And the first is recognizing our faults. You know, I had a situation a few months ago that came to mind as I was preparing this homily, and it was a situation where I was really struggling with pride. And the problem is I didn't know it right away. I figured it out, though. Praise God. But I seemed to be struggling in all areas of my life. I noticed that at work I was kind of butting heads with my boss. Every time he would give me a correction about something or some criticism, I, I didn't want to accept that. I wanted to kind of argue with him. 
And I saw it at home with my family, in particular with my wife, where, where sometimes a wife will very kindly and gently point something out to her husband that he doesn't necessarily want to hear. And so I found myself kind of at odds in my family, arguing with, with people about things. And the final thing for me was it came to my ministry. And I remember one afternoon after preaching, Father Stephen and I were having a discussion out in the foyer, and as he does regularly, so gently and so beautifully, he was giving me some, some reflection on my homilies, some commentary, some ways maybe to, to improve things. And I found myself wanting to kind of argue against that. And I realized that it was pride. It was the sin of pride that was, that was at work here. And so we can always look at our faults in the ways in which we either accept those things or reject those things as a way for us to grow in humility. Another way we grow in humility is by realizing that we can do nothing on our own. We work only with God's help. You know, years ago, I was involved in a music ministry um, at another St. Peter's, St. Peter's in North St. Paul. And they do a healing mass there once a month. And my son had been leading music, and he went off uh, to something else. And so it was left to me to lead music. Now, I am not a great uh, keyboard player. I can kind of fake it, and my, my singing voice is sort of OK. But you know, I didn't feel like I was really up for the job. And I remember each time we would come for that mass and we'd have a little rehearsal beforehand, I always felt like I was really fumbling and struggling. And I thought, oh, Lord, how is this going to work out tonight? I'm not even hitting the right notes on the keys here. But do you know what? Every single time, without fail, when that mass began, that music came together in a way that I never could have done on my own. And I realized in that moment it had nothing to do with me. It was all about God. I was just there to show up and provide the talent that God gave me, but he did the rest. He really led me through that. So that was a realization for me that I really don't do anything on my own. The third way that we can grow in humility is by being reconciled to those weaknesses we have, accepting who we are, who God made us with all of our faults and failings. My memory of this is from back in my junior high days. I'm the youngest of three sons, and my two older brothers are both athletes. And guess what? I'm not. I don't have an athletic bone in my body. I could care less whether the Vikings play or don't play. I'm just not all that interested in sports. But my father was interested, and he wanted me to be interested. And so he sat me down one time. I was about in seventh grade, and he said, I want you to go out for the basketball team. I said, Dad, I don't want to do that. And he said, nope, you're going to do it. I want, you to, I want you to try this. I think this will be good for you. You should do this. So I remember going to the gym that next day and feeling very awkward. And at some point, I just walked out of there. I don't know. I don't have a memory of how that went. But I know I didn't stay for the practice. And that evening, unbeknownst to me, that teacher called my father and said, you know, Mr. Hennessy, your son has a lot of talents and a lot of gifts. This isn't one of them. And so I was off the hook. But it's accepting who we are and who, who God made us to be and not wanting to be something that we're not. You know, I found this beautiful reflection on humility in a book I was reading the other day. And it's a, it's a part of a letter written by a 17th century French uh, nun to the religious sisters in her order. 
passage, he says this, God asks for nothing more than to fill us with himself and his graces. But he sees us so full of pride and esteem for ourselves that it stops him from communicating with us. For if a soul is not rooted in true humility, it is unable to receive the gifts of God. Its self-love devours it, and God is obliged to leave it in its poverty, in its shadows and sterility, remaining in its nothingness. So much is an attitude of humility necessary. My brothers and sisters, it is from this attitude in this place of deep humility that you and I dare to approach the God of all the universe with our every need, confident that he always hears and answers our prayers. In Matthew, pardon me, in Mark chapter 11, verse 24, Jesus says these words, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, Believe that you receive it, and you will. Praying with expectant faith is not a prideful thing to do. In praying with expectant faith, we recognize our own littleness and God's great generosity and love for us. And so we come to him like those little children coming before God with all of our needs, trusting that he will answer them according to his holy will. I read something this weekend that I thought was a really, really neat idea. Um, it's, it was about having a prayer jar or a prayer box in your home. And the idea is that as we come across these worries and things that are bothering us, or we come across a need and we're worried about how that need is going to be met, we write that down on a little slip of paper and we give it to God by putting it in that box or in that jar and we just let go of it and let God take care of that. I thought that was a really clever idea. You know, there are some ways in which you and I can start to set ourselves on this path for holiness. And one of those is an opportunity that we have this weekend. I grabbed one of these little cards on my way in. You've probably seen the signs in the foyer for the Alpha program. And this weekend, we're going to begin signing up for the Alpha program. It starts in September. Now, this is a program that you may have heard about. It's, it's not a Catholic program. It's for all denominations. It's done literally all around the world, and it's extremely successful in bringing people to the Lord, both people like ourselves who are regular attenders of Mass, but also people who do not yet know Jesus. It's intended for all of us. So it's a great opportunity for us to take advantage of this time to be together as brothers and sisters in Christ and to be with the Lord. Three components of Alpha, food, a talk, a discussion, and then an opportunity for you to uh, share your reflections with your brothers and sisters. So it's a very easy program, very simple program, no pressure, no stress. Um, so I would invite you to consider that. Uh, take it to prayer. Maybe God is calling you to be a participant in our first um, Alpha program that will be starting very soon. Well, Jesus tells the Canaanite woman, 
at the end of our gospel story today. O woman, great is your faith. Let it be done to you as you wish. As you and I continue in this school of discipleship, let us ask God in our prayer today for deeper humility as we come to the Eucharist in particular. That's a wonderful time to make that our prayer. And maybe this week we can take notice of those areas in our lives where pride is keeping us from approaching God with our every need. And then confident of his great love for us, let us approach the Lord with expectant faith. Amen.